At North Point Community Church, we are passionate about helping our community move toward a life fully devoted to Jesus. And we hope this message helps you do that. Thank you for tuning in. Good morning. Is Jake the best or what? Go Buckeyes. Hey, we're glad that you're watching. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, we're glad that you're watching online. If you're with us, glad that you're here. We're glad you're here in the house as well. Got a question for you. This feels kind of funny to just jump into the message, doesn't it? Um, my greatest fear is that I'm going to preach way too long and we're not going to have time to worship at the end, but I think we've got it under control. Um, do you have anybody in your family that tells the same stories over and over and over again? Just everybody's response. Um, maybe, maybe it's like your grandpa and they just kind of go back to the same stories. Maybe it's like a, a weird uncle. Maybe it's you that tells those stories over and over and over again. Um, when, when Deb and I first got married, it, it was great. You know, you start dating, you start telling stories, and, and you're, t- you know, you're talking, telling your life story, that kind of thing. I, I remember so clearly with, with, uh, with Deb, I'd start to tell a story, um, and, and she would look at me with loving eyes, you know, just captured by every word, and I'd get to the end of the story, and she'd say, you know, you've told me that before. And I'd say, why didn't you say something? And she said, I didn't want to be rude. And so, you know, some months later, I'd tell the same story again. And she'd say, you know, you've told me that before. So we came up with a system. And you can use this just for whatever it's worth. Anytime I tell a story, Deb tells a story that we've heard before, we add, we put up a finger for the number of times we've heard that story. So, you know, I've heard that before one time. You told me that already. You don't need to tell me again. You have really told that story too many and, and then what's really happened over time is there are some times that I'll start a story and Deb will look at me and go, <laughs> which means don't even go there at all, right? We're in this series called Old School Teaching that's all about stories from the past, right? Stories from the Old Testament that may be old, but they're still true. They're things that we need to hear over and over again. And today's message is really kind of different because it's not about a story from the Old Testament, but it's about a truth that's in the Old Testament that I think just cries out for us to to grab hold of and to understand and to wrestle to the ground. So if you've got your Bibles, take them out and turn to Psalm 98. If you've got uh, the North Point app, you can open that up to the sermon notes that are there. Here's the truth that starts Psalm 98. David says, he proclaims in song, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. Simple truth, right? But so important, so true for us today. Um, It's interesting to me, eight different times in the Psalms, there is that exact phrase, sing to the Lord a new song. If if you've got your Bible open and just turn back a page or two, if you you thumb back with the the arrow button in the app, um, if you've got a Bible app open, Psalm 96 starts the exact same way, sing to the Lord a new song. Matthew Henry, a a famous commentator from from years gone by, says says, uh, Psalm 96 should, should read this way. Um, sing a most excellent song, the best song that you have. 
There's this sense that when we sing a new song, it allows God to speak to us in a new and fresh way. It allows us to to declare who God is, to worship him in a new and fresh way. Um, now, if you've been a follower for Jesus, of a follower of Jesus for a long time, you remember probably some old songs, and and those old songs are so important. Those old songs don't need to be done away with completely. They they serve really as the foundation for our faith, the truths that are there in old hymns, in songs that we sang, uh, you know, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, two hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. They serve as the foundation for our faith. They allow us to say God was working back when that was written, and those truths are still relevant for us today. But the thing about new songs is that if, if the old songs are the foundation, the new songs are what God is doing in our house right now. It's the way that God is working in our living room, in our dining room, around the kitchen table, in the, in the bedroom, in the basement. The new songs say, I recognize that God is doing things in my life right now, that Jesus is working, and I've got to find a way to express that that's new and fresh. Um, it's interesting to me when you think about what David said, sing to the Lord a new song. He could have said, you know, think about God in a new way. But he says, sing to the Lord a new song. What's a, what is significant about singing? I, I know when we sing in a little bit, because we're gonna finish this service with a time of worship where we're singing together. Some of you are gonna, uh, the lights are gonna go down, you're gonna stand up and you're gonna go. Um, what's significant Why would David call us to sing to the Lord a new song? Because something special happens when we sing. When we sing, it unites us. It unites our minds. It unites our our thinking process. It unites our bodies. It unites our voices. It unites our breathing. Uh, I want to try something. I, I don't... If you're watching at home, you can do this too, but it's going to be a little weird, all right? Um, I, I want you to sing a note with me, okay? The note is just, uh, you just pick it out. It doesn't matter if you're monotone or whatever. La, that, on that note, all right? I, w- I want you all to sing that together. Sing la, la, la. Uh, again, sing la. You know, when we start to sing, it brings our minds together, right? Can you hear that note in your head right now? What is it? La. Now, if I were to conduct, if I were to ask you to sing, let's do it. Pretty good. You're not a choir yet, but you're almost there, all right? One more time. You know what happened? You even got the cutoff too, right? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, you, know what, you know what happened when we sang that? Everyone breathed together, Right? La, la. Singing brings us together in an incredible way. And while, what, can you hear the notes still in your head? You know what's going on? You're not thinking about lunch right now, right? You're not thinking about your to-do list. You're not thinking about the stuff that you have for work. You're thinking, la, until I mentioned lunch. Now, now you're there, right? <laughs> Sing to the Lord a new song. When we come together and sing, it allows us to express our praise to God in a fresh way, a new song. It unites us and brings us together powerfully. 
Um, it's good to sing old songs. It's good to remember how God has worked in the past. But new songs make us think about what God is doing right now in my life, how he's working right now, about the ways that God is winning spiritually in my life today. In the first three verses of Psalm 98, David says, sing to the Lord a new song, and then he explains why that should happen. Why should we sing a new song? Take a look, take a look at what it says. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. He's filled us with a sense of wonder at the wonderful things that God has done. How long has it been since you experienced some wonder about God's power? That you just looked and said, Man, that's incredible. God is incredible. Sing to the Lord a new song because he's done marvelous things. Um, sometimes we just miss the wonder of God. Uh, you know, for six, eight, 10,000 years, whatever, we've been, people have been having babies on earth, right? And, and you see a baby and you think, oh, that's great. I look at you guys and think, all of you were babies once, right? We all were babies once. But when you hold a new baby, when you hold your new baby, your new grandchild, and you look at their little fingers and the fingernails, and you smell their skin, and you hold that dirty diaper, you, you know, you, you think, God, you're incredible that you could make something like this that would grow up into someone like me. The wonder of God is a reason for us to sing new songs. Um, not just the wonder of God, um, but we need to sing about the winds of God as well. Sing to the Lord a new song. He's done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. That his right hand and his holy, uh, his, uh, holy arm describe the power of God. Not just the wonder of God, the winds of God. It's important for us to, to reflect regularly about the victories that God has won in our lives, the ways that he's come through, the ways that he's answered prayer, the ways that he has shown himself in our life, the winds of God. Um, David goes on and said, the Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. It's not just the wonders of God, not just the winds of God, but the righteousness and the redemption of God. That's a cause for us to sing in a fresh way with new words, with new concepts, to not just rely on the things that we've heard in the past, but finding a way to express uh, the, the righteousness of God, the redemption that God has given us. How, how long has it been, if you're a follower of Jesus, how long has it been since you really sat down and thought about what your life would be like without him? What would I be like? You know, what? Would I just be a selfish old coot, you know? Would, would, would I be somebody that was so consumed with money and things that, that I, my life would just look different? Would I be so selfish that I would be alienated from, from my family? You know, would I have pushed everybody away? But when Jesus came, when Jesus comes into our life, everything changes, Right? The redemption that we have, Jesus' ability to restart our lives with a fresh perspective, with the righteousness of God, everything changes. Man, that causes us, that calls us to sing a new song, 
to the Lord. What else? Um, Verse three says, he's remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. God's faithfulness to us is a reason to sing a new song. His faithfulness to us. Think back about in the past how God has worked in your life. The ways that he has come through over and over and over again in the past. That faithfulness in the past calls us to sing a new song in the present. Um, God is good and gracious and faithful, even when we're not. You know, even when we wander, God pursues us. When we walk away from him, God chases us down. God is so faithful. When we sin, when we fail, God is right there to forgive, to wrap his arms around us. God's faithfulness causes us to, to want to sing a new song. You know, if you look at those three verses, David gives, gives four reasons why we should sing a new song. He talks about the wonders of God. He talks about the winds of God. He talks about the righteousness and the redemption that we have through God. And he talks about the victories, the faithfulness of God. Um, can, I, can I just pause in this whole thing and, and talk for a second about worship? Now, when I when I was uh, when I was teaching at, at Ozark Christian College, I taught a class on worship, and it was really fun because one of the classes that that I taught would have a we would have a discussion, and I'd ask the students, um, "Is it possible for someone who doesn't really have a relationship with God to worship? Can they can can a person who doesn't know God worship?" And um, you know, college kids they're going back and forth, having this really animated discussion. Great great conversation. Ultimately. The, the way the, the conversation would end was with this sense of whatever it is that we ascribe worth to, whatever it is that we value, that is what we worship. So everybody worships something, right? Doesn't matter if you, if, if you worship God, you're gonna worship something. And maybe that you, that you ascribe value and worth to being safe and secure, you worship that safety. It may be that you ascribe value to your business career, to the stuff that you have, the place that you live, whatever. Those things are what you worship. When we, when we give worth and value to something, that is what we worship. It's interesting that we typically don't use the word worship except in the context of church, of spiritual things. But the root of that word of worship is worth-ship. So when we come to worship God, we come together in a fresh way to say, God, I give you worth. I ascribe you the worth that, you're, that, that you deserve, that you're worthy of. Um, David gives four reasons for why we should sing, sing a new song. I think that there are a couple more that, that I just wanna share with you today as well. Uh, we need, uh, I, I think it's important for us to sing a new song because we need fresh words to describe what God is doing in our life right now. We need to find a way to, in a fresh way, express to God, man, you're moving, you're changing me, you're doing great stuff. Uh, if you've been a follower of Jesus for, uh, for a long time, um, you could probably sing some of the old songs. You, that, these songs you may know. First service, 
everybody was going, oh yeah, we know, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, right? I'll hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Holy, holy, holy. Um, uh, Great is thy faithfulness. So many old songs provide that foundation for us to understand who God is and what he's done in our life. There is great strength in those songs. There's connection for us in the old songs to the people that we sang with before that now stand around the throne of God. That's so important. But our new circumstances, our life today has new struggles, new challenges, and we need fresh settings, fresh ability to express our trust in God in this context. Um, that This idea, this need for fresh words became really clear to me a number of years ago. Um, I knew scriptures. I, I know the hymns. I could sing so many lyrics from memory, and I found great strength in, the, in those hymn lyrics. But in 1990, my brother-in-law died of Lou Gehrig's disease. He was 32 years old. And I remember, I remember leaving the cemetery that day, seeing my sister in a black dress with five kids, 10 and under, and thinking, what's life gonna be like for them? Um, just a few days before that, a few days before his death, um, Saddam Hussein in Iraq had invaded Kuwait. I remember that so clearly as well because it, all of a sudden the, the world got turned upside down. It was like, what's going on in the Middle East? Some of you remember, right? That it was crazy time. And there was this deadline that the president and the UN Security Council uh, established for, for Saddam Hussein and, and, um, and the nation of Iraq to say, you've got to get out of Kuwait by January uh, 15th, I think it was, of 1991. Um, if you don't, we are going to forcibly remove you from them. On January 15th, I was a, I was a music minister outside Washington, D.C., and on January 15th, I drove to Hampton, Virginia for a music ministry conference. That afternoon, we listened to new music, and that night, the, the eve of the deadline that was there for Saddam, uh, there was a, a group that came in to do a concert. It, it was four guys. They, were, they had just recorded their first album. Nobody kind of knew who they were. The name of the group was For Him, and they would go on over the next 15 years to record uh, lots of albums, uh, tour, do all kinds of stuff, win lots of awards. But, but, but at that point in time, they were newbies. Nobody knew who they were. Um, and, and there was this sense of tension that night. I remember as they started the concert, everybody's waiting because the, the deadline is like midnight on January 15th um, for what's going on in the Middle East. These guys sang these words that night. There's a man across the sea, never heard the sound of freedom ring, only in his dreams. There's a lady dressed in black in a motorcade of Cadillacs. Daddy's not coming back. Our hearts begin to fall and our stability grows weak. But Jesus meets our needs, if only we believe. Where there is faith, there's a voice calling, keep walking. You're not alone in this world. Where there is faith, there is peace like a child sleeping. Hope everlasting in he who is able to bear every burden, to heal every hurt in my heart. It's a wonderful, powerful place where there's faith. A new song with fresh words. 
that helped me understand in a new way that God was in control, that I could trust him no matter what the outcome was of the war in the Middle East, no matter what was going on in my family, I could trust him. Why is it so important to sing a new song? Because we need fresh words and we need fresh mile markers in our life to mark our faith journey. New songs give us that. How is it that I can remember it was a Tuesday night, January 15th, 1991, when I first heard that song? It, because that, it was because that night God spoke in a clear way to me to say, you can trust me. A fresh mile marker. You know what mile markers do? They tell you where you are on the interstate, right? There, those are those road signs that are on the right side. There are those little green signs every tenth of a mile. They tell you if you're traveling east or west, how far you are from the western edge of the state. If you're traveling north and south on the interstate, they tell you how far you are from the southern uh, edge, of the southern border of the state. They help you know where you've been and where you're going. They give direction to your life. They help you understand. Why do we need to sing a new song? Because it gives us fresh mile markers in our faith journey. For many of you, years from now, you'll hear the song Waymaker and you'll think, oh man, I remember singing that in the middle of COVID crisis and it got me through. You'll hear the song, The Blessing, and you'll think, man, that was my prayer when things were so crazy. Those are mile markers, spiritual mile markers for us. If we don't have fresh expressions of our faith, we lose track of what God has done in our life and where he has brought us from and where he's taking us to. New songs give us those spiritual mile markers. How do you, how do you, how do you have a new song experience? You know, David says, sing a new song. To, how do you do that? Does it all depend on Jamie and her song selection? You know, oh, I'm gonna learn a new song in church this Sunday. No, that whole concept of singing a new song to the Lord, it's about what happens in us. The songs that we sing here, the new songs, give a fresh expression to that. But having a new song experience is all about seeing Jesus work in our lives right now. How do you do that? Here's the first thing. Pray for fresh eyes. Pray for fresh eyes to see what Jesus is doing in your life, how he's working in your life right now. For the last several months, we've been talking over and over again about how important it is to share your story. How is it that Jesus is working in your life? Our vision is that everybody who calls North Point home would see Jesus working in their lives and share that with the people that they, that they have influence over. Pray for fresh eyes to see what God is doing in your life. Look for God in the pain. I, man, I know some of you right now, you're just overwhelmed. Grief, tragedy, loss of job, financial ruin, and you're just trying to survive. Even in the midst of the pain, look for God. What's God doing in the midst of the pain? You're just trying to live moment by moment, but look around and see. You know what? God got me through that moment. God brought that person with that word of encouragement. Look for God in the pain. Um, some of you are not just buried in the, in the pain, but you're struggling. You're, you're just struggling to get through this time. You're struggling through interpersonal stuff, struggling with family stuff. Look for God in the struggles as well. 
in that, in that give and take that happens where you're just trying to figure out how to, how to keep going, look for God in the struggle. And look for God in the victory as well. When God comes in and, and gives you that blessing, when, when you experience the closing of that deal in the business world, when you see your kid take a step and do the right thing and you're so proud, when, when, you, when you realize how blessed you've been financially, look for God in the victory. And that will help cultivate that new song experience in you. One last thing, just in, in trying to have that, that new song experience, go someplace that you've never gone before. I, I, many of you, listen to me here, you're in a rut, right? You do the same thing all the time. You go to the same places. You don't do anything new. Go someplace new. Maybe a new restaurant, maybe a new state park, maybe a different place that you go for your walk. Maybe it's to talk to somebody that you've never talked talked to before and recognize that Jesus is working in that moment, in that time when we get out of our comfort zone, we see him in the new. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Deb and I went to the Tulip Festival for the first time. We've been here seven years, never been to the Tulip Festival. We went to the Tulip Festival and I walked around just going, God, this is incredible. You know, there aren't just thousands of varieties of flowers. There are thousands of varieties of tulips there, you know, different sizes, different shapes, different times that they bloom, different different types of uh, of the the tips of them. Some of some of them, uh, you know what I mean. All right, <laughs> I'm, I'm someplace new. All of a sudden, you see God in that, and it and it calls us to have a fresh expression of praise. Um, during the during the first year of my ministry here at North Point. My dad came to live with us for several months. He had fallen at, at his house in Ohio and, and, um, and he, we didn't feel like it was really a good idea for him to be by himself. So he came to our house and, and he stayed with us for several months. You know what he loved to do while he was here? He loved to watch the Big Ten Network and to watch reruns of Ohio State beating Michigan. <laughs> um, here's the thing though. Dad would watch the same game, some of the games that he had been to in person. He would watch the same game multiple times in a week, sometimes multiple times in a day. He lived on what had happened in the past. And you know what? It was a sign that dad wasn't healthy, that he was stuck. He needed fresh stimuli. He needed a fresh uh, look at life. To, to watch those games over and over and over again, as much joy as that gave him, it said something wasn't right. He wasn't healthy. Um, for some of us, when we come to church and we worship, we kind of, we don't do this physically, but figuratively, we kind of go, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Oh yeah, that's who God is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sing a new song to the Lord. If we live in the past, if we live in the, in the past of our faith journey, it's good, but it means something's not right. David, that, that concept that David gives us, sing a new song to the Lord, it's not just for now. 
Listen to what John writes in the book of Revelation. They sang a new song in heaven saying you're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. Revelation 14, and they sang a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except those who had been redeemed from the earth. We're gonna sing together this morning. We've got the, the words here. We were having trouble with the projector. Sorry about that, but you can, you can join in. And I wanna encourage you, La, join in, be united as we sing in a fresh way the glory of God. Listen to the last verses of Psalm 98. This is from the message. Shout your praises to God, everybody. Let loose and sing. Strike up the band. Round up an orchestra to play for God and add on a hundred voice choir. Feature trumpets and big trombones. Fill the air with praises to King God. Let the sea and its fish give a round of applause. With everything living on earth joining in, let the ocean breakers call out, Encore! And mountains harmonize the finale. A tribute to God when he comes. When he comes to set the earth right, he'll straighten out the whole world. He'll put the world right and everyone in it. Let's stand together and sing a new song.
haven't, uh, didn't grab the elements on the back tables, please feel free to jump up and grab them real quick while we, uh, while we prepare. I, uh, I want to talk to you this morning just briefly about, about love. Um, I think it's just so amazing uh, when we celebrate communion and when we have an opportunity like this. And, and uh, I'll tell you, God's been so faithful in my life. Uh, I'm just so in awe of some of the many blessings that I have. The, the greatest blessing I think that I, I've received in my life has to be the fact that God has given me the greatest granddaughter in all of the earth. Um, I, I know some of you have second place finishers, but it's okay. But I, the other day I had a chance to uh, to watch her because mom was out doing some, some things. And so uh, that's a lot of responsibility for a guy like me. And of course, there'll be no healthy food given to a grandchild in my house. So a big bowl of Cheetos was given to her and she was off playing back bedroom. And so uh, a few minutes I was in my office and a few minutes she comes running in and she uh, she says, Poppy, I messed myself. And I'm thinking, no. <laughs> She's four years old, I thought we were past all this, and of course, uh, she didn't really mess herself, she'd gotten crumbs everywhere, so she had, she dusted herself off, she thought it was big funny that she had been, she told me she messed herself when it was just crumbs, so she turns around and skips back into the bedroom, and, and, and all of a sudden I hear this big, huge crash, and a thump. Now normally when that happens, from a, from a voice far away, I hear, And I, I was waiting to hear that, but instead I heard the blood-curdling cries of a little four-year-old that had uh, tripped and fallen when she went back into the room and hit her, her eye on a window over there. And she's got a beautiful little shiner right now. Um, so I scooped her up. I couldn't get there fast enough. I scooped her up, and I kind of cuddled her and hugged her, and, and uh, oh, it was just breaking my heart, you know. And so we were doing everything we could to comfort her and to, and to make her feel better. As I thought about that story today as we were getting ready for communion, and, and I, I was, I've, I've often wondered as a grandparent, do I, do I love my granddaughter more than my children? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I realized the answer was, answer was no. Uh, it isn't that. It's that I love is all equal, but I don't have any other responsibility. And so I just celebrate love this morning. When I think about communion, and I thought about that story with my granddaughter this week, because um, what what could it have been like for our father to send his only son to a completely broken world, a broken world, a messed up world, to save people like us, and and, and then to, for the father to watch his son to be beaten in such a cruel and horrific way. I just shudder at the, at the incredible love that the Father and that Jesus has for every single one of us. What a blessing. The greatest blessing of, of anything you can imagine is all in that love and, and the way that Jesus died for us on the cross. We're going to celebrate communion in just a moment. I'd like you to think about my mind to Calvary 
We serve a risen Savior, amen? amen? A risen Savior. 